ابتدایی یه فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدافع خدا داد عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خدا داد عزیزی پاس هم روی زمین گشت سردار آسمون به توی دروازه سردار آسمون گل به نام آسمون به برای ایران بزنه کریم ازداری فرد گل توی هرگوزه کریم ازداری فرد درگوزه پرتفال باست علی ازداری سامه توب توی درگوزه ازداری اشتباه هر کسی از کچان نجات برسه بلو کچان نجات توی درگوزه گل برای ایران Welcome back to another episode of Gold Bazan. My name's Sina. I'm so glad to be hosting this pod again. Uh, I'm joined by Arya and Daniel Kyle. How are you doing, my friends? Yeah, all good. Good to be back on Gold Bazan. We did a very, very intense last episode. Uh, we're back on the sort of usual grind, just ourselves having a discussion. And yeah, we're joined by our, my good friend for the first time, uh, Daniel. What's up, man? Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for inviting me to this pod. Uh, I've told all your Arya many times that I wanted to to participate. It always kind of surprises me, I guess, like with our panelists, uh, like because we got such a, a huge team of like just spanning the whole world. Like I'm obviously I'm in England, Arya's in Scotland, but Pe- like Pejman's in Sweden. We've got a lot of people in in like America, and then Daniel, you're from France, so it's like it always surprises me, like the the reach that we have. Yeah, actually, I'm from Paris, and. Uh, It, it started with uh, with the Brazil World Cup. Uh, I found when I found Golbez and I I was looking for the best uh, way to have news on the national team and the more precise and and newest news were on Golbezan. So naturally, I, I followed them and we became friends with Arya because we both I love the national team and AC Milan. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's a massive pleasure to have you on. I can't wait to to talk to you about, I guess, what we're going to be talking about in this episode, which is, you know, the, our part two of our Iranian Legionnaires episodes. And the part one, as Arya mentioned, was it took a lot of work, um, less work from my side, a lot of work from Arya. <laughs> we we if you if you did if you did catch it, um, we'd appreciate your feedback because we we put in a lot of work for that episode. And if you haven't listened to it yet please do listen to it. We interviewed various experts around the world, some journalists, and yeah, talked about several episodes, several players across, across the world and like where they've moved and sort of the prospects of, of where they, you know, where they expect to be. Um, so yeah, please do listen to that episode. It's one of our proudest ones so far for sure. Okay, so we'll be back soon for the qualifiers and we'll also be bringing Twitter spaces before and after the matches uh, in the following episodes. So yeah, please do stay tuned for that. But in this episode, we're going to be talking about some select players, legionnaires, um, in in the big clubs to see like what we kind of make of them. Where you know the whole we're going to talk about some transfer news and stuff like that. So I think I'd love to kick off with Asmun Salah Asmun. Obviously, a huge player for us. He's he's been playing as Zenit for a number of years now, consistently. And we've talked about him so, so much, like during my whole career on Golbazan. And we always kind of say the same thing. We always say, you know, he's an amazing player. Obviously, he's one of the, our best strikers that we've produced. Is Zenit sort of the, the ceiling for him? Do we, do we expect another move for, for, for where he's going to go? Because for me, I do see one, one big move for him in the future, whether that, 
And I, I, to be honest, I would have expected that move to be happened by now. Obviously, he's linked to a few other clubs, but I don't know. Arya, what do you make of it? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, if you look at the last episode, Andrew Flint, he talking about how, you know, Zenit themselves know that he, he isn't going to stay for the rest of his career. We hope anyway, because obviously he's got a year left on his contract. And, you know, he's been in Russia his whole uh, career outside of Iran. So he needs to to move for, for himself because a player like of his talent still in Russia for me is a bit of a waste um, because, you know, he's, he's, he's completed. He's completed the, the league as far as I'm concerned. There's, there's nothing left for him in Russia. Um, and I don't really think that Zenit are going to make it that far in the Champions League for him to have some success in that, in that competition. So, yes, he has to go. Um, the news that he was going to go to Leverkusen, um, you know, there was some news that came out recently uh, that there was actually a, a deal on the table that was agreed between two clubs. However, um, they had a little bit of, um, you could say, difficulties finalizing it because Bayer Leverkusen just did not want to wait too, that long to, to complete the deal. Um, Zenit were taking a little bit of time and essentially pulled out of the deal uh, last minute. So it's a shame because I think it would have been a good club for him to go to and a good league. Um, there's also been talks of Roma uh, didn't offer enough money um, and they ended up signing Shomorodov who we mentioned on the last episode was actually his replacement at Rostov which is quite uh, ironic and then um, there was other, other kind of offers from Leon that we actually announced ex- exclusively on our Twitter and even that I don't think is to now anyway hasn't really materialised into kind of any any um, accepting of an offer. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame for me because I felt like this transfer window, a lot of huge strikers are moving around it. I, I don't know why, but it was just like one of these transfer windows where a lot of big strikers are moving. Obviously, like Romelu Lukaku, Harry Kane's probably going to leave. Obviously, like uh, Abraham went to uh, AC Milan. Uh, sorry, Roma. So there's been a lot of a lot of like strikers moving around. So I thought this was the, the transfer window for him to move. And obviously, like throughout the, the previous transfer windows, he's there's been so many rumors, so many clubs that he's been linked with. I mean, previously before Leverkusen, it was you know Napoli in a bit, you know, Liverpool as well. He's pictured with Jurgen Klopp. So I don't know. I don't know like where where I kind of want to see him next. Um I don't know, Daniel, what do you what do you make of it? Well, uh, I think the problem in general with um, Iranian players is that their market value is low because of uh, because they're Iranian. Like if Osman was European or Brazilian or even African, like he he would have moved earlier. Right now, we can only hope that uh, in, for Lyon that uh, Dembele is leaving and <laughs> that they will free a, a spot for a striker. But uh, he has one year remaining on his contract, so I don't think the, the clubs want to pay the 20 millions uh, Zenit wants uh, for one-year contract. Like they can wait for a year, and with the Corona crisis, they don't have that much money, so it's it's quite difficult. But for sure, as Asmund is a complete striker, he has many skills. He's really really good, and as Arya said, he he did everything in Russia, so he has like. He he completed the 
the, the game there. So he needs he needs a, a higher step now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. But I mean, you know, sorry. Yeah, going on. Yeah, it's not to say that that Zenit aren't a good team. You know, they're a good team. They're definitely a good team, and and they, you know, they've signed some very good players. You know, definitely. You know, Malcolm, for example, from Barcelona, great signing. Um, Lovren from Liverpool, again, very good signing. It's not not saying they're a bad team. It's just that that league isn't good for him anymore. You know, it's just, for example, if he right now was playing in Bundesliga and he was playing for Leverkusen, yeah, you know, he probably wouldn't be the best striker in the league like he is in Russia. And that's fine. He doesn't need to be the best striker in the league. You know, like I think people kind of, uh, players like him, maybe maybe he, he just feels like he wants to be the, on top of everything. You know, I think he needs to kind of bring himself down a little bit and say to himself, look, I'm, I'm 26, 20, you know, I'm 26 years old. I need to start now looking for a little bit of a, you know, a developmental stage in my career because he's gone through that already in Russia. And now he's kind of, he's, he's doing great. I'm not saying he's not doing great. He is. He's absolutely smashing it in Russia. But he can step, he can go up another level. You know, I don't think you can do that in Russia. Do you know what I mean? So by staying in Russia, he's probably just going to stay where he is. And I don't think that's good because he could be a lot better than he is just now, which is crazy to think because he's already fantastic, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if he if he's comfortable, as you say, like he's comfortable being the like, the best, probably the you know top three strikers in Russia, if not if not number one. Um, he's number by one, the same by the sure. same respect, like he has to he has to in my opinion he has to go to Europe somewhere else you know Bundesliga Syria or anyway in France even um, to be able to push for like you know the top 30 strikers in Europe I, I feel like he's got the capability to do that but if, if he stays in Russia I don't I don't think so let's not kid ourselves I think it's very, I will come on to this topic in a minute as well for Abed Zadeh he's Iranian like Daniel said and being Iranian 100% Hundred percent makes it a lot harder to move it to move to a club. It just does. It's natural, and we all know that. And we're not trying to like make things up because we're no, we're not trying to like make excuses or anything like that. It's true, you know. Um, look at someone like Alvaro Morata at Juventus. No, you cannot tell me Alvaro Morata is a better striker than Osmond. Like, there's no way the guy doesn't score enough goals. Literally, simple as that. Like, he doesn't score enough goals for a striker. Osmond for me is a much better player, but just because he's Spanish, you know, he's playing for Juventus. You know, simple as that. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot to it look there's a lot more into that, you know, than we think. Oh, of, of course, it's much harder for uh, our players and and I hope it will change someday. But actually, it's the, the reality. Even with Jahan Bash going to to Premier League, like uh, when Memphis Depay did one great season in uh, Eredivisie, he, he went to Manchester United. Uh, John Bash went to Brighton. Like, it's, it's all different. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually, I, yeah, that's a really good way of putting it, actually. So let, let, let's move on to John Bash. Obviously, you did talk about him going to Brighton. Wasn't a very good spell for him. Um, the only the only highlight I'd say is the bicycle kick against Chelsea. It's probably kind of imprinted in all the all the minds of the Chelsea fans and all Brighton fans and also all the Iranian fans, but 
he didn't get any game time like at all. And obviously, once once that transition into the national team, he he wasn't the same, in my opinion. Like his touch was off, his passing wasn't the same. And seeing him go back to the um, Eredivisie with Feyenoord, he looks like a different man. He looks like a completely different player. Obviously, he scored. I think he scored twice on his debut, and then he scored another one in the next game. He's a completely different player now. Like I don't know, Aria, what do you think? Yeah, look, I think Feyenoord have have saved his career. Simple as that. I think they saved him because he was going down a rabbit hole in Brighton that wasn't good. Um, he was playing very bad for the national team against Iraq. I think he had one of his worst games for the national team. Um, and I was very quick to criticize him on the podcast. I want to go back and listen to it. Um, and I think he was struggling. Um, fitness, you know, a lot of injuries. He even got an injury recently for Feyenoord. You know, he's, I think he's still a little bit off physically. I think he needs to improve on that. Um, but, you know, we need to see now him kick on and be the player that we expect him to be at this age, you know, because we don't want him to turn into like a, a Masu Shojai, you know, who at this kind of age was starting to decline, <laughs> you know, and it just wasn't, so, you know, someone we didn't really want to see starting for the national team. You know, I still want to see Jan Bash start for the national team, but I want to see him start when he, did, when he actually deserves it, you know, when he's playing well for his, for his club. Yeah, actually, uh, I think as you said, it saved his career to move to 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 Netherlands back again, and uh, he's a very good player. I think he had maybe he had the level to play in the Premier League, but he, as you said, Sina, he's a totally different player now. Like it, it seems it's uh, it has a lot to do with his confidence. He has a lot of confidence now, but he didn't have that confidence playing in England. Yeah, and looking back into it, like last season, you know, I mean, let's not, I mean, let's not be like unfair to Jamal Max because if you get an offer from the Premier League, you're gonna go, you're gonna go, you're not gonna stay in Air Division because even if he was top goal scorer in that league, you know, he's thinking the same that we're thinking for Osmond. He's completely the league and he wants to go to a bigger league. And yes, you know, when an offer from Brighter comes in, and I know I had an offer from Leicester as well and maybe he should have taken it, but, you know, went to Brighton, still in the Premier League, and he, he took it. And yes, it didn't work out for him, but we can't say, you know, it was a wrong decision. Ultimately, he took a risk in his career, it didn't work out, and, you know, now he's gone back, and now he's gone back to Holland. I think um, I think it was a, a risk that he took that it, it could have went either way. He could have actually performed really well for Brighton. You know, I think probably the biggest problem for him at Brighton was the style of play that the coaches wanted to play just didn't suit him. Simple as that. It just didn't suit him. The team wasn't strong enough either, you know, and Jan Bash, he needs to play with players that are actually decent as well, you know, because he can't do it all on his own, you know. So, yeah, I just think it didn't help help him. And then uh, I hope this season he does kick on and at least score like maybe 10 goals. I think he can do that this season. Ten goals, yeah. I mean, last time he was in the Eredivisie, he finished top goal scorer. So, and he's already he's already got three. So I don't know. He he maybe could push for for more than ten, in my opinion, if he doesn't get injured. But you're right. Like he still doesn't look. He's still a bit rusty, and obviously he's still getting injured. I reckon he needs to build up his fitness. He wasn't playing at all in Brighton. That's the key thing he needs to build up, in my opinion. Um, and then hopefully we can see his good side for the national team before before the qualifiers. 
that's what I'm hoping for. So let's move on to Abed Zadeh. Obviously, we talked about this with the Portuguese journalist in, in the previous episode. Uh, so if you want to see, if you want to hear his opinion on Abed Zadeh's move to uh, Ponferradina, uh, do listen to that episode. But yeah, so Daniel, what do you make of his move? Well, I, I was quite surprised because um, I have many Portuguese friends and everyone like in Portugal knows that Amir, like they call it Amir here, he's a great goalkeeper. Like he was he was well known in Portugal. He he was playing well. And actually I expected him to, to stay there and to go to, to move to a better club. But moving him to to Segunda Liga, well, at first it was a bit of a shocker, but then I thought that maybe the 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 project of the club, like if they if they go up to La Liga, if they get promoted, it can be interesting. I well, we I I not heard what they say to him, like to convince him to to go there. But with the two first victories they they had. I think they they want to go for promotion and it could be interesting, but let's see. Only only time will will tell us. Yeah. I mean, what do you make of audio? Yeah, I think look ultimately, um, uh, people have been giving him a lot of hate online for the move, and I think on the periphery, for sure, it looks like a bad move, for sure, because he's gone from a top division club to a second tier club, and as I said, in the periphery, it looks like a bad move. But if you look into it more deeply, you you look at it, you think it's actually not that bad. I think it's actually a very clever move. And I'll say why. I'll explain why. Two reasons. First of all, as I said before, he's Iranian. Okay, It's not easy to get offers as an Iranian. We know that anyway. Right. Second thing, he's a goalkeeper. How many times does a goalkeeper that's Iranian get offers from a team that's going to be better than Maritimo. Not that many offers, let's be honest. Like, I don't think a team that much better than Maritimo in a better league than the Portuguese league was going to offer him a contract. I don't think a, a team in France even was going to offer him a contract. I don't think, I don't think a team in England or for us, um, even La, La Liga or Serie A were anywhere near offering him a contract. Why? First of all, he wasn't even a re- always a regular starter for Maritimo. Sometimes he was, you know, benched. And second of all, you know, like Maritimo aren't that great a club, you know, so it's not like he was playing for the best team in Portugal. So we've look at it that in that sense a little bit deeply. We can, we can say, we can kind of figure out which type of clubs are going to offer him contracts. Majority of those clubs would have been clubs in the lower tier of Spain of Europe like teams from Denmark like teams from you know um Hungary you know like Ferenc Varos for example you know not not teams like Saint Etienne for you know what I mean you're not going to get offers from them so he took the offer from Ponferradina the reason I think he took that offer is because look his objective was always to play in Spain was always to play one day in La Liga and he's one step closer to it. You know, he's playing for a good team. Uh, if you listen to the last uh, episode, we spoke to uh, Chris um, Pigeon, who's a fan of Ponferdina, explaining how they're building a very good team. It's their 100th year anniversary as a club. And they have some very good uh, goalkeeping coaches who um, have, have been known to develop very good goalkeepers. 
he's done really well. They're looking to get promoted. And if they get promoted, he's going to be in La Liga next season. People need to look at the, the context of the move a little bit further before judging someone's uh, career choice. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that's a very good way to put it. Uh, moving from our number one, well, number two goalkeeper to our number one goalkeeper now, to Baron Band, uh, who has moved to Bauavista. Obviously, his last transfer to, to Antwerp didn't really work out for him. There wasn't really any sort of, it didn't really like solidify for him there. The only, the only game I can remember is his game against Spurs in the Europa League. And it was a bit of a, bit of a car crash though like he made a few he made a few mistakes i think spurs won that game and yeah i think i think it was it is extremely really work for him so daniel what do you think of him moving to bella vista well i think it's um it's a good move like it's a nice challenge uh he's still in a major league like the la liga is is very good um but let's see because like he he will have to to gain his part. Um, I've seen the lineup of Boavista, and uh, on the on the two games he was on bench. The goalkeeper was the captain, so it won't be easy to to take uh, his part. Um, maybe it will be like Antwerp. We'll see. But I think it will be a good move. But we'll see. We'll see how how it will go on if. He, he will have his chance if, if he can prove it because I think he's really our number one and he has the level to be in a, in a top five league in Europe in, in the future. Yeah, which was, I would agree. I think Boa Vista are um, you know, not, not one of the better clubs in Portugal. Um, not as good as someone like even Maritimo, for example, but definitely a club that can be good for Bayron Van. Um, his first taste of European football wasn't good. Antwerp didn't work out for him, you know, for whatever reason. And I think Portugal will. I think Portugal will, will actually be a good place for him. I think he'll have a good season. Um, and it doesn't seem like he's going to have much competition because the other goalkeeper is 40 years old. So, you know, he's, he's going to be a starting goalkeeper there. Um, and as Daniel said, I think he is number, number one for a run, you know. Obazade and Niaz Man, who's obviously gone to Portimonense as well. You know, they're very good goalkeepers, but I don't think they're they're quite at the level of Bayramban. Yeah, I think I think the, the the key thing that you highlighted there was game time. He was he's very much like second fiddle at Antwerp. And that's that's what he needs. I think uh Bayramban is game time to get, you know, with goalkeepers very important to get game time, especially if you make one mistake as a goal. So Getting that game time and experience under your belt is 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 vital to the national team success as well. So it, yeah, it, it benefits us massively. What I want to move on to is Saman Rudos. So a player that I absolutely love. Um, obviously, Brentford is a team that's very close to my heart as well because they're very close to me. They're about 20 minutes away from me. Uh, so they're actually the closest Premier League club to me now, which is nice. They've been promoted and someone actually made his debut today, if I'm not mistaken, or yesterday, for Brentford, his, his Premier League debut. It's really cool to have another Iranian in the Premier League. I know Jaron Bash left, but uh, yeah, he's another he's another one on the list. Um, so yeah, very exciting stuff. What do you think, Arya? Yeah, it's uh, massively exciting stuff. I think Samuel Godos is a player that we all know is supremely technically skilled. Um I think last season, again, similar to Jalen Bach, I think Brentford saved him because, again, Amiens, Amiens 
maybe I should say it like that. Maybe Daniel will say it better than me. They they just weren't a good club. You know, they just weren't. They weren't a club that he needed to play, be playing in. You know, they got relegated and they just seemed very, just not well organized as a as a as a team as a unit. I think Brentford have shown, especially the first game against Arsenal, winning. You know that they're a fantastic side. And I think they'll do well this season. I think they're going to have a very strong season. I don't think they're going to get relegated from the Premier League. I think they'll stay up. And there's a good chance that Bordeaux can get a lot of game time this season, especially in the FA Cup. You know, I think that's probably where he's going to get the most game time. But, you know, I think he'll get some time in the league as well. And I think he'll have a good season. Um, And it's going to be more beneficial for the Nationals. And I think he'll do better than Jahan Bashid for Brighton because I think I think he's a different kind of player and Brighton are much like worse team than than Brentford so I'm expecting a lot a lot more from uh, Daniel from from someone's perspective obviously someone played for Amiens before and now he's playing in the Premier League um I guess as a as a slight outsider because Arya and I both live in the UK so we're close to the to the Premier League what do you yeah. kind of make of this what do you kind of make of him in the Premier League now well, at uh, at first, uh, Amiens' move was a, a bit risky because Amiens had great players like uh, Gael Kakuta or Cerro uh, Girassi. But like when they get relegated, like he had to move. And my fear was that he didn't prove enough at Amiens to, to get a great move. But uh, he was very lucky to go to Brentford and with the coach and the players they have, and the promotion, like it, it's um, it's like a dream like, to be able to play in the Premier League, and uh, I'm very happy for him. I think he can, like as Arya said, like show uh, his skills uh, when he's coming on, uh, like at the end of the games or during the the cups. Um, it, it's a really great move. He will improve a lot. He's with a very good coach, and he's in a lot better situation than Jaron Bach was at Brighton because Brentford won't, like, I think they will easily uh, stay in the Premier League. They won't get relegated. Like, we'll see, but they're playing very well. So I, um, I, I think they'll do great. I don't think they'll get relegated. They're a really strong side. They have a lot of desire. Thomas Franks is an amazing coach. They have a really, they have like fairly good squad depth as well. That's something you don't really get with a, a newly promoted side, I'd say. But they do have a lot of players that are, that are good quality for rotation. Obviously, they have Ivan Tony, who's one of the best strikers I'd say in the Premier League, even though he's just newly been promoted. Uh, mate, like in the Championship, he was tearing up. So I think he fits into the system very, very well. If he comes on as a substitute or as a starter, uh, he fits into this side extremely well. They're, I don't know if anyone listening is outside of the UK, outside of England. Definitely watch Brentford a few games this season because they are an amazing team to watch. Um, they've got really good fans as well. So yeah, and they're also I a great. They're also the a very league. respectable and great club. You know, they do a lot of things behind the scenes that I really uh, have a lot of time for, um, and I'm really glad that we have an Iranian uh, playing for Brentford. Yeah, massively. I couldn't agree more. We really appreciate you guys sending in fan questions. Um, it really, you know, shows that you love the episodes. You want to get involved in the conversation. So please do send in more of them because we love answering them. Uh, sometimes we can't answer all of them because we do get quite a few, but don't let that stop you because we will answer them eventually, we promise. 
All right, so the first question comes, uh, well, the only question. We actually only got one question, which is a surprise, but um, we'll go with it. The, first, the only question we got was uh, from Conscious Flesh Kasra uh, from Twitter. He asks, um, which player is in more urgent need of making a move to a bigger club? Kholizade or Mehdi Qayadi? Um, Daniel? Well, I think it's a really good question. I would say both, but especially, well, if we have to choose Haidi um, because he's in Iran and he's young, and it's time for for him to to take a to take a step and to move to Europe. So we'll see if he can find some agreement with uh, with his club to to move. He has an offer from from Qatar, I, I think. From Emirates, from Shabab Emirates, Al-Ahli, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, I, I think he would do great in Europe. He he, he has to move soon. Um, Tarimi show, showed us that you can move later, but the sooner the better, I think. Yeah, I think I think it's 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 um, one of those things where Kaidi. We all know he's a fantastic talent, um, and we always say this, you know, fantastic talent in the in the Persian Gulf Pro League doesn't mean anything until you've actually proven it outside of Iran. Because, you know, there's a lot of talented players in Iran. There's the top goal scorer, um, Sajjad Shabbazadeh, who once upon a time was playing in the Turkish League and he wasn't very good, you know. So uh, just because you play well in the, in the league doesn't necessarily mean that you're good. does not mean to say that Koy is a bad player. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that he needs, still needs to prove it to us. And I, and I think he's a wonderful player to watch, by the way. But if he goes to Shabab Al-Ahli in Emirates, for me, it's, a, it's just not good enough. At his age, to go to a club for financial benefit, um, for me, isn't actually very clever because I don't think that you're going to make that much money in Emirates than you would if you were going to Portugal, first of all. I think Portugal gives you enough money uh, because, first and foremost, the cost of living in Europe is a lot less. So you're not actually going to make a decrease you know, that much. Uh, but you know, it's just that they want to go for the big wages, is what it is. Uh, for me, Borizadeh is a player who I would love to go to a big club. Um, I think he's a wonderful player. He's, you know, I would say currently, outside of Osmond and Taremi, the most important player for the national team, um, the most creative player for the national team. And it's a shame that he's probably going to stay in uh, Charleroi this season. Um, I think it's a lot to do with more his his wife also playing for the club. It makes it a little bit harder for him to then move out of that club. Uh, but and he had some offer from Nantes uh, in France. Didn't work out, it seems. So he's, I think he's staying. Uh, but I would like to see him go to a big club. Yeah, I agree with both of you. I think um, Khayadi is the one that I would love to see out of Iran. It's, it's one of those players that obviously... I mean, with Golizade, with obviously he's still in Europe in some capacity. So... Uh, but I, I I agree with you, Arya. He needs he needs a bigger move because he's he, he's I yeah I agree with you. He's, he's he's so talented that he needs to get that move. But because Gaidi's kind of stuck in the Iranian league, I feel like any sort of move into Qatar or or the Emirates or I don't know anywhere else in that region, it's just it's a step backward in my opinion. It's not even a it's not even the same. It's a step backward in my opinion. I I feel like he needs to either move to Europe. Or like just stay where he is, in my opinion, because it's just like it's not worth it. Because he'll stay there for a few more years, 
and then he might decide to go to Europe. And by that point, it's a lot of years wasted in his in in, in years that he could be developing as a as a really young prospect. And it's, it's not just in Iranian thing, football, but in world football. It's this thing that he's brought up recently. I don't know if it's true or not, but something about Tarami, you know, telling him to go to 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 Qatar and then go to Europe because he he did it as well. That's 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 a that's that's not right. You don't. I don't think he said that first of all, Tarami, and I don't think that Tarami made that decision because he thought that going to Qatar, then going to Portugal, is going to make him a better player. Do you know what I mean? He he did it for the money. Let's be honest. So um, ultimately, he's going for the money, and I'm not saying that. But you know, if that's, if, that's, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. You know, but for, actually, in my opinion, it's a bad career choice because I think you could still make a good amount of money in Portugal. Yeah, and as we said, like life in Portugal is is much cheaper than in Emirates. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, we'll see what happens for sure. I th- I, th- I think we'll wrap it up there, guys. It's been an amazing talking to you. Um, and thank you so much for listening, all you guys uh, listening right now. We haven't talked about all the players, obviously, because the last episode was really you know conclusive, really in depth. Uh, we focused on the key players just for this episode. And we missed out a few a few players that have got moves, such as Sean Sabitkar and then Navid Nasseri, who we interviewed. But we interviewed both of them um, early this year. So if you do want to find out more about them, then do check out those episodes. For the next month, we have some amazing content coming out. We're going to be back on the podcast more regularly. Um, we're going to aim for once a week, almost every week, um, with some exclusive big, big interviews coming very soon. We can't reveal anything right now, but please do stay tuned because you will love these interviews for sure. Arya, Daniel, thank you so much for joining me. Um, it's been a pleasure talking with you guys. Yeah, Thank amazing. you very much. Yeah, I really enjoyed it and uh, we'll see you guys soon. My name is Saida Zatoley and you're listening to the Golbezan Podcast.